Section twenty six of Mrs. Diamond. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ruhi Huck. Mrs. Diamond by Anne Isabella Thackeray Ritchie. Book three, chapter two. At a window. De la Ville. Dans sa chere, Susan Bourret, says Flore sur le quai, et de Venet, go Pierre Amen, se fruit quatre, un et effanc, jen gavo, pota as hot, crea caro, pane et choufler, sonsi la mele, a la vosfil, donoir ramoer, Paris, d de sorgiers one night as if by magic the whole party found itself nearly packed away in a little omnibus coming from the northern station at paris mrs marney had met her boys and carried them off home to noeli in joyful triumph the rest of the party were meanwhile jogging deliberately over the stones to the hotel phraisie asleep in her mother's arms wilkins buried beneath the parcels and shawls and umbrellas which well-bred people always carry wherever they go joe and tempy with their heads out of the windows were exclaiming while the shops seemed to jolt past and lights in public buildings ablaze followed by black spaces crossed with lines of lamps finally the omnibus turned into a narrow street out of a wider thoroughfare how familiar the echo of the wheels between the high houses sounded to susie's ear more lights flash the omnibus stops the landlord and landlady appear in the doorway the newly arrived company is officiously escorted and assisted up the narrow staircase to its apartments the cloth is laid the candles are lighted phraisie's room and susie's room are on the either side of the sitting-room joe and tempy find themselves established across the landing with more tall windows shaded by muslin blinds and red curtains and all the echoes of paris without the hotel had been recommended by madame du pas as quiet and convenient their apartments were on the third floor small enough and shabby enough compared to the splendour of crowbeck place but mrs diamond suddenly felt as if she should like nothing so well as to spend all that remained to her of her life in this little noisy place she had seen her little phraisie laid snug and peaceful in her bed she had unpacked some of the many bags and parcels how many more she had to unpack of different shapes and sizes than when she had first come abroad some four years ago her own bed was in a curtained alcove with griffin claws to hang the curtains to a grey marble table stood in the centre of the room the prints on the walls were of napoleon and poniatowski in polish boots and a blue helmet the walls were of faded red shabby even by candlelight susanna thought the place a little paradise shabbiness is as much of a treat to people overdone with luxury as a silk gown is to a little cinderella out of the ashes susy opened her casement wide and leant out gazing straight down the dark precipice of walls and windows beneath her own with the sense of new breath and life which most people feel when they breathe the pleasant foreign air
with this breath of relief she leant out farther and farther looking up and down the chattering half-lighted street at the people passing by so indifferent and unconscious of her existence at the lamps radiating from the broad boulevard beyond there was some heap of shadowy blackness at the other end of the street but susy had to wait till morning light to realize that the black shadow was that of the church of st roch susy susy come to supper cries tempy from the next room where she and jocelyn are already hungrily established and beginning to help the fishes and fried potatoes by the light of the two tall tapers very early next morning susanna woke again for she had not closed her window all the night and the sun was shining in with dazzling rays all the world's voice seemed calling up to her from the street below water fruit flowers old clothes were being proclaimed with different intonations now by the bright daylight as she leant against the wooden bar she could see into the stone depths below and the tall houses rising with their many balconies and shutters the rue du dauphin is a sort of sunshine trap leading to the tuileries garden that were all festive with spring behind the railing and set with orange trees beyond which rose the glittering mansard roofs and pinnacles of the old palace where the henrys and the louises ruled so long now followed by the napoleons in turn at the other end of the street the church of st roch was standing in the early shadow still like some huge mountain with flaming peaks already its doors were swinging and people were ascending and descending the great flights of steps the bells were tolling the clocks were chiming the people going in and coming out to their work again the old women were sitting huddled with their cloaks and their foot warmers at the church doors with chaplets and religious newspapers to sell the carts and omnibuses had long since been rolling the indescribably gay and busy chorus reached the travellers in their high lodging the little party could scarcely tear itself away from the windows through which so much was to be seen and heard mrs marney had promised to come to susy for marney was starting off on some one of his expeditions and she meant to join her at the hotel with the boys jocelyn went out but susy and tempy with phrasie between them absorbed in the contemplation of another little girl at play on a balcony opposite spent their first morning looking out of window as the day went on the company became more and more varied they watched the french women floating by walking with quick and pretty steps and with neat black shirts leading children drolly attired elaborate and bedizened and well-mannered mamma look at the funny boy says phrasie pointing to a little fellow with an enormous colour covered with anchors and emblems who was advancing up the street with a dignified and monkey-like bearing the country nurses also go by with their bambinos and long cloaks and cap ribbons coachmen jog past with their white oilcloth hats a gendarme passes cocked hat epaulet white gloves and all arm in arm with his wife finally up come dermy and mickey at a trot susy seeing the little boys down below followed by her mother who had stopped to speak to somebody in the street went to the door and looked over the stairs as people do 
who are on a holiday with time to look out for one another mrs marney came toiling up the winding staircase breathless but still conversing do come up come up i tell you susy heard her say my daughter will like to see you and we can arrange our plans she heard the little boys also joining hospitably from below monsieur max do do come you shall not go from dermy and then mrs marney looking up sees mrs diamond on the landing and calls here we are susanna we are bringing max to park to see you susanna retreated gently and rather shyly into the dignified safeguard of her own room whither they all followed her chatting and clattering up the wooden staircase they brought with them du pare who had not meant to come in but who could not help himself for mrs marney went ahead announcing him while one boy held firm by his coat tails and the other by his hand susy willing to please her mother and to show her guest that she was not unmindful of all his kindness to her family came forward in her crape and blackness with her hand out du pare who was shy in french bowed very low without noticing the friendly gesture and the stretched hand and then susy seemed to remember suddenly how stiffly he had always met her advances she blushed withdrew and turned shy in an instant and the young man saw with surprise that the color was rising in her pale cheeks he had imagined her belonging to another world and phase of life far distant from his own simple estate and absolutely indifferent to his pretense or absence was it possible that such blushes sometimes flashed out of marble statues that such looks sometimes brighten and then die away when the gods come in presence with mortal beings the little party started forth that morning as so many have done before and since with open eyes for the new sights and men and manners joe tempy susanna by her mother and the two boys walking on either side of du pare who was on his way to the a bookseller's in the rue du bac what a walk it was across the gardens by the great place of the carousel with its triumphal mythology then by the quays and the noble chain of palaces they reached the river and so crossed the bridge to the quai voltaire where mrs marney had some mysterious business to transact for marney at a furniture dealer's the business began with some discussion on the doorstep it had then to be carried on in private into the dimmer recesses of the store among the bloated chairs the gilt and ornamented legs of the carpet dynasty and the prim slim stinted graces of the early napoleonic times whatever it was susy would not ask what it was the discussion took a long and confidentially explosive turn but the young folks waiting outside upon the quay were in no hurry they watched the river and the steamers and the crowd upon the quay where the lime trees were coming into leaf where the shops were in full flower and the many twinkling windows were full of varied hues and shapes curious wonderful century old stores of goods scattered from the past lined these streets and shop fronts looking glasses reflected the blouses and the white caps passing by in the place of courtly splendors 
there was silent music in tattered covers and there were timeless clocks and the flower-pots empty of flowers and uncut books fans which had been lying asleep for a hundred years still ready at a touch to start into fluttering life and wreaths of lovely old lace there were wonders galore to amuse the country ladies susy looked with longing eyes at the delicate festoons and ivory-looking heaps of ice mechlin with its light sprays flowering on soft net carelessly thrown into a china bowl the point des alcons like jeweller's work chased upon the delicate honeycomb devised by the human bees who had worked at it year after year perhaps also some florid scroll from italy would be hanging from a rusty nail careful pattern travelling from one tendril to another what lovely lace cried susanna look tempy at the shells upon it how exquisite they are shall i ask the price for you says tempy instantly bursting into the low shop with its dark panes where an old rembrandt like woman sits keeping watch come bien cries tempy in her confident british tones four hundred francs becotro cries the young lady dashing out again into the warm sunshine did you ever hear of such extortion cries tempy whose experience of lace does not reach very much beyond her tuckers it is a great deal of money says susanna quite out of the question susanna cries tempy decidedly and her stepmother blushed a little at the rebuke sometimes tempy's voice sounds so like the colonel's that susy could almost imagine he was there to control her still why is it quite out of the question says joe stopping short sixteen pounds won't ruin the family altogether what did your new habit cost tempy a habit says tempy with a laugh that is something one really cares to have but susanna will not care to wear lace again jocelyn aunt fanny is all over lace and stuffed birds and things says joe she is not a widow tempy answers gravely joe you should remember before you say such things mrs marney came out of her shop at that minute and max du pare who seemed only to have waited for her return took leave of the party they asked him to come again he hesitated and suddenly said yes he would come and he walked away with a swinging step along the quay they saw him disappearing under the lime trees looking across the river as he went along end of section 26